Hi everyone, it's Erin and Elizabeth. And today we have a special guest all the way from England. We are here with Kayla Grace. I'm Kayla Grace. I'm a singer-songwriter. I live in London. I'm in London at the moment. It's very grey and horrible. But um, yeah, it's cool to be talking to people from across the world <laughs> over Zoom. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have a little chat about music and all the rest. <laughs> <laughs> So you grew up in Watford, England, right? Yeah. What is that like? Is it? It's like on the outskirts of London. So it's like it's suburban, but it's still very close to like the city. Um, I'm in Guildford right now because I'm at university, but um, my family home is Watford. And yeah, it's it's I mean, it was a strange experience um, compared to being in London because obviously cities are crazy. And it was like this close to being in London. So whenever I'd go out, I'd go to London. But then I was still in like a very suburban like place with like a lot of old people and stuff like that. <laughs> but but I like it. I live next to a giant park and uh, my whole family is there. So so, yeah, it was quite nice growing up there. And you're 19, right? Or are you 20 now? 20 now, yeah. Oh. I, I turned 20 in January, which feels like not long ago. But it was now that I think about it. We're in... March yeah but January what 26th on the 12th oh okay <laughs> so you mentioned like you're at university right now is it like just a like a university for music or like anything yeah it's uh, music only I was very close to doing business actually at a different university but um I just thought I might as well try music um, it's like a contemporary music uni as well. So it's like pop music and songwriters and stuff rather than just, you know, like classical music or, you know, people that play violin and stuff like that. So it's just a bunch of um, songwriters and performers, um, which is really cool to be around. But um, the content and like the stuff that we actually do at uni, obviously because of coronavirus as well, it's so different. I haven't been on campus since last year. Yeah, and this is my final year because it was only a two-year course, like a fast-track degree. Um, so it's been very strange, oh, but but I guess everything happens for a reason. Like I met a lot of people that I would have never known if it wasn't for uni. So, so you mentioned in a different podcast that you, growing up, your grandfather was really musical. Your dad was a guitarist. Do you think that shaped your love for music and kind of pushed you into this? Yeah, I mean... I don't think I would have even written the song ever if it wasn't for my dad playing guitar. Like I, I always loved singing, but it was in a very like normal person way where like you're a kid and you watch X Factor and all of that. And like you sing in the <laughs> mirror. And I was always horrendous. My mom always told me like, Kayla, I'm sorry, but please don't expect that you'll be a singer because you're going to get your dreams crushed. Um, and she was like, you need to stop this. I was like a child when she said this. So it wasn't like her being horrible. And um, she was trying to save me from misery. But um, yeah, so I was doing all that singing. And then I think when I solidified in my brain that I would need to like work hard and actually write my own music if I wanted to try and make something out of it. Um, so I was sitting in my room and I kind of, there were guitars like in the bedroom, like growing up, but I never knew how to play them. They were just there. And then I was like, why have I never like picked a guitar up before? Because I mean, I was fairly musical, but I played like violin and things like that. Um, and I never composed my own music. And then, yeah, I picked up a guitar and I think I ended up writing a song and like the first time I picked up the guitar because I was like, 
I can like I can make sounds <laughs> like you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah um that definitely shaped it for me because I would probably wouldn't have found my way to writing if it wasn't for that and writing's my favorite part of like the whole of music what music did you grow up like listening to in your childhood around your house um a lot of different music actually um I was raised a lot by like childminders and nannies um because my parents were working and one of them Rachel um she was obsessed with Amy Winehouse so I listened to a lot of Amy Winehouse which probably comes out a lot in my lyricism because it's quite like rude um (laughs) and uh a lot of swear words and stuff like that but um I don't know I just think she's she was a strong woman you know what I mean and and that music has shaped a lot of my writing, I think, whether that's subconscious or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, a lot of Amy Winehouse. And then my dad um, listened to a lot of rock, like predominantly American rock. So he listened to, um, I mean, a bit of Nirvana and like grungy stuff like that. And then I had like a massive phase of like the distillers and like Courtney Love kind of stuff. So just like Seattle music, basically. And then... um, yeah, and then he listened to a bunch of bands that I don't even know how big they are. They're definitely not big in the UK, but um, like Smile Empty Soul and Seether and stuff like that. So it was all a bit random, to be honest. And then I was listening at school and with my friends to like the chart music. So like p- proper pop, like Jessie J and like, <laughs> I can't even think like Ariana Grande, I guess, when she started to first get big. But yeah, complete mashup, really. That's all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Definitely. we were going to say. Like, do you think what well, you said with Amy Winehouse, but any other artists you think influenced how you write or how you sing even? Yeah. Singing wise, I don't know. I know that when I was a kid, I used to listen. What was that song by? I think it's Duffy. It's called Mercy. I think that's what it's called. But the ones like you got me begging you for mercy. But because of that song, I used to think that if I put on her voice, I would be a good singer because I was always told I was horrible at singing so I used to like put on this raspy tone but and I genuinely thought that I was doing something um so yeah that that I'm so glad that eventually I was like wait I just need to sing how it comes out authentically because <laughs> I was like at that point I was just leeching off like the style of other people's voices um but uh artists that I listened to like all of them probably influence my writing somehow because you I guess you take it all in subconsciously and like I have a lot of focus on the lyrics and I feel like when I first started paying attention to lyrics and the music that I listened to when I was like a kid still, that's when I was like, oh, like I love music. Whereas, I don't know, obviously it sounds cool, but like the meaning of a song is like something that I suddenly got really into and that's the main thing with my own music now. So yeah, probably all of them one way or another. So you claim to be a bad singer and like your mom said you were a bad singer. <laughs> when and how did you figure out you could actually sing? Um, I think it came around the same time that I picked up the guitar and started writing. Because um, th- even now I wouldn't call myself a vocalist. Like I, I know I'm not a bad singer. Of course I wouldn't put myself through <laughs> all of the pain otherwise. But um, I don't know, like... I don't think that all the runs and the like the vocal technique, that's not my area really. I just like writing and the fact that my voice sounds somewhat decent means I can do it. So it was it was like a moment where I guess my voice just matured because I was older 
and I was able to like sing the right notes. So we've got the basis, um, at which point my parents were like, oh, your voice is actually quite pretty. And I was like, yes, okay, I'm growing an X Factor now. <laughs> um, and then eventually, uh, yeah, I just realized I wanted to write. So I don't know. My dad always says he's worried because I was so awful at singing for so long and then suddenly became good. He's like, do you think maybe in a few years you'll just become bad again? <laughs> so that's that's something I'm not looking forward to if it does happen. Oh my gosh. You don't want to regret not trying music. Do you think that view makes you more driven and passionate to like pursue music now, like not wanting to regret anything? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm in a position in my life now where I've put too much into music to ever be like actually I'll do something else um when I was a bit younger obviously I'm only 20 still but when I was a bit younger it was a case of like right decide your career paths go to university or college or whatever you're doing instead (laughs) and that's when I was deciding between um business and music and I was so close to doing business um and then I got a phone call this is so random the same day that I was considering um retracting my application to music and doing business instead I got a phone call saying that I'd won a scholarship to the music university that I'm at now and yeah it's crazy and it's called the Freddie Mercury scholarship so it was for songwriting and the other members of the band Queen like chose me it was so oh crazy God. yeah I, I mean sorry to flex I don't bring it up much because people are like <laughs> no oh, please okay. no that's oh, that's so cool oh you want but yeah so I had that phone call and I was like oh wow okay um at which well, you point can't I was turn like, that down yeah exactly Queen so I was like, this you. is a sign <laughs> that I need to commit so yeah then I was like okay I guess I'm going to that uni then and um ever since I thought I know that like I know I needed to do music fully and I'm glad that something like that like kicked me up the ass to do it because otherwise I would have regretted being at, you know at whatever random uni doing business studies not that I have anything against business studies of course but like I don't know I think I'm lucky because not everyone has like the privilege of parents that support like trying music and the opportunity to do it so I was like might as well and now I just got to work as hard as possible so it doesn't go to waste basically (laughs) so cool and crazy yeah it's so it's so fun I mean I forget sometimes because it's what I'm used to now but like the things I'm doing now my like nine-year-old self would have been like oh my god (laughs) crazy (laughs) so you did have music come out in like 2019 2020 yeah and they're they sound from like what we heard because they could only like listen to previews so they sound very different than bird in the cage yes so like what made you want to like change the sound so the music in 2019 um and 2020, I think the most recent one that I released in that sort of genre was Halloween, the m- most previous Halloween. Um, that was like the first music that I ever got recorded at a studio. And I was still an independent artist. I just sort of wrote songs with my guitar to begin with. But then I was so obsessed with like Melanie Martinez and Billie Eilish and artists like that, who I still love, of course. But I feel like I got so hooked on that, that it wasn't authentic. And I kind of went to the studio and was like, oh my god I want to sound like that and so obviously the producer is sitting there like okay I'll do that for you um but they never I I never just took the time to find my own sound properly I think um so all of that music was from a sort of bunch of months where I just went in and did the same thing with all the songs and had it super produced super electric 
um, and stuff like that, which I mean, I found exciting at the time because I'd only ever heard myself in my room with my guitar. But I think it was just one of those things that wasn't authentic and wasn't completely right with the way that my songs are written, like to begin with. So, yeah. So then when Bird and Cage was being made, um, I just made the decision to take the other things down, uh, which some people were pissed off about. But I guess it happens, doesn't it? <laughs> and then I was like, suddenly like, hey, here's my next song. Completely different to anything you've ever heard. But it's me. And it was I mean, it was like my most personal song ever not in just the meaning, but because it wasn't overly produced and it didn't have all these like electric elements that aren't necessarily my vibe. So yeah. said it yourself that we were going to ask, do you think the current single, Brandon Cage Bear, represents like you authentically now? Or do you have any sort of like still attachment to that old music? Because again, at the time, I bet it felt like what you wanted to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Brandon Cage feels a lot more close to me um, and the video that I made, like I made it myself with my housemates and like there's a clip in there of um, me and my sister, like an old video um, when we were toddlers and just everything about it just feels so personal to me. And um, it was the first release that I did through a label. So that's another big, big thing for me. But um, the old music I have, I don't know, it's not like a deep connection to it, but I guess it is just like the mark of when I first released music. Um, on Spotify and you know Apple Music and everything and that's when I first felt like a legit musician or whatever Um, but uh, other than that not necessarily I mean it was fun and and I don't hate the songs at all of course I wouldn't have you know released them otherwise but um, I think Bird in a Cage is just like it's it's one of those moments where it was fully produced and I listened to it and I was like yes this is what I was trying to like translate um because it's not just guitar and vocal of course but like all the other elements just I don't know I don't know how to articulate it but they just feel like me (laughs) so I guess we'll go with the feeling so with Bird in the Cage you wrote it during quarantine or like lockdown Mm -hmm. right did it help you cope with like what you were going through during the pandemic yeah so I mean I don't know what the situation is over there for you but we're still in lockdown and we still will be for a while and we have been since I I mean for a year now I guess on and off um but I wrote it well I mean I only wrote the song like two months ago now it came out like a few weeks after it was written it was written over zoom as well um with a couple other people um Andy not Andy sorry oops um (laughs) Mikey Mikey Gormley and Joe Wonder um we were literally on a yeah a zoom call just like this one and the song kind of fell out of me and then we like fine-tuned it and in about 20 minutes we had almost all of the song written and then yeah and then um that's like the same week that I got offered the record deal because the head of the label who I was doing sessions with heard the song and was like we want to release that song this month and I was like what do you mean and he was like yeah we'll release it under the label so you need to get a lawyer um, you need to make a video and like all of this and I was like um okay so we're doing that then I guess um but yeah um going back to the question the song definitely was I was just frustrated at the time I was like why do I have to do sessions on zoom right now really but then I guess um looking back retrospectively it ended up meaning that I had a song out so soon which is exciting Um, like the nature of it caused all of the rush and he was like we want to get it out before lockdown's over Um, because at the time I think there was more hope that it was going to be over by now but of course it's not (laughs) but um (laughs) 
but yeah um so I was just frustrated I was like what's going on I guess everyone you guys know exactly what I mean you're like ah the the world outside is like burning in front of our eyes and we're in our bedroom (laughs) and we can't do anything but um it was very that and I wrote it in January and I was like I'm so fed up with 2021 and then I kind of like clocked my phone and I was like we're in January so that's one of the main lyrics um but it definitely helped me to get that frustration out and just take a step back and realize that everyone is feeling the exact same way right now. Well, that's what we picked out a line. It's, I want to see my best friend. I'm scared she's at dead end. It's in every voice note she sends. And that's very heavy lyrics and hinting at like unstable mental health. Is that Mm -hmm. something you also experienced during this time? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky because the first lockdown, I was able to go back to my family house and both of my sisters moved back home with me. Um, one of my sisters actually has special needs, so it was very chaotic because um, she, she hasn't lived at home for years. She lives with a carer um, who can you know, have all the time and stuff for her needs. So when she's in my house, it's completely crazy. Um, she's, I love her to pieces, but she's loud and she runs around. And, um, but she's my older sister as well, which is weird whenever I say it. But um, yeah, so she was back in the house. My older, older sister was back in the house and my cousin was living in my house at the time because she was between houses. But obviously we didn't expect a lockdown to happen. Um, So it was crazy. There was like eight people or seven people in the house, um, which meant in some ways it did affect my mental health because I was very stressed and I didn't have much time for myself um, because I was helping look after my sister while my parents were working. But yeah. I also was surrounded by, you know, my loved ones. And I know that that wasn't the case for a lot of people. So I was lucky in that way. But um, the more recent lockdowns have been a lot harder because I've been at my uni house and I'm with my friends, um, which is lovely, of course. But I think it just it does take a toll on you, you know, having that much time just trapped in a little box. And um, I think it leads you to um, focus more on your own flaws and like, to like see more negative traits in everything because you have so much time to just think um, when you would be out doing things. Um, So in that sense, yeah. But uh, I think for me, it's I'm just trying my best to like check up on other friends and stuff because I know that some people just have a much worse situation. Um, The friend, I won't go too much into it because it's her life, but um, the friend that I wrote that line about um, is at home. um, Well, she's between her mum and dad's. And there's just a bunch of random shit going on for her, really. And I just, I mean, she's fine. She's a strong girl, but I just feel for her, I guess. And like, you know, when you're talking to your friends now, I'm too lazy to type. So it's always like a voice note of like catching up. And um, yeah, we wrote that line with just the idea of like, I can hear her voice breaking and like the voice notes. So yeah, that that's quite a heavy one. Um, and I know that a lot of people have struggled so I think that was definitely one that needed to be in the song as well. That's a, that's a very good lyric. I also didn't think everyone sent voice notes. I kind of thought it was just like me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I've only started doing it recently. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I used to be like, why do people do that? That's so awkward. And now, unless it's like a one sentence, it has to be a voice note. And I'll send it to someone that I've just like just met. If it's like <laughs> someone on the internet, on Instagram or something, and they're like, oh, can you like send me blah 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 I'm like yeah basically yeah I'm just gonna go to the toilet first and then I'll do it (laughs) people are like "Um, (laughs) but I guess it's strange because we can't like go and meet people now so 
might as well like no one's gonna I might not even ever meet them so I can just send a voice note <laughs> it's so bad though one time I was on the toilet and I like forgot that I was on the toilet like because I was just doing stuff on my phone while I was walking around and I was peeing in fact I wasn't peeing yet I was on the toilet about to pee and I was about to voice note the head of the label that just signed me um and I was like hey Tom um so I just and then I start peeing but you know on like whatsapp it like sends straight away and so I was holding it on for dear life so I could swipe it off without it sending it because I I started peeing and I was like what am I doing right now like just for real that's what I was doing I hope he doesn't watch this oh lord but um yeah and I managed to swipe it off straight away I was like we're we're in the clear but that was close I've got two comfortable voice notes that like reminds me of like our one friend Pat like his one on because like our classes are online most Mm -hmm. of them and like he was he was said he was in the bathroom when he started class and he was unmuted and, like, he just, like, wasn't paying attention. I, like, didn't know. So he left class for the day, but it's no big <laughs> That's deal. That's awful. Yeah, you have to think about that as well, don't you? My classes have been on Zoom, too, and, like, some people, I mean, they do it on purpose now because our lectures are so boring. They'll just unmute themselves and, like, scream and then you again and no one knows who, who's done it. It's so bad. And um, this guy, Harrison, oh, God, I hope he doesn't watch this, but um, he he apparently, like, turned his microphone on at one point one of the lecturers was like she's called Ledra and she was like oh um I can't remember what she said but he f- unmuted accidentally and went oh this is fucking boring Ledra or something like that and then you again and I I wasn't on the lecture but I remember on my on my group chat everyone was like sending stuff about it I was like what did he do <laughs> so so bad but apparently um she heard and she just went Right, none of that language, please, Harrison, or something like that. Oh, so That's so funny. I don't know what I would do if that like happened in my class. I literally Mm-mm. check every two seconds. I'm oh, I do too. <laughs> so paranoid. We do have a question about your TikTok music that you've been teasing. Oh, okay. So it's like obviously like some heavy stuff that you've been posting. What makes you like willing to? do it and be so raw with your lyrics I think like just the stuff I've been writing recently has just become way more raw because I was like if I'm going to do music then I want to be like I want to be the you know the artist that I would have needed to listen to when I was younger and when I was struggling a lot more um and I like turned to music at that age a lot more than I do now so I was like if I was looking back on it then what would I want to hear kind of thing so that just led me to be like well fuck it like we're on a floating rock so I might as well like just you know be the most authentic artist that I can be and talk about things that maybe are a bit scary to talk about but might help someone because they relate to it and you know it sounds cliche but they realize they're not alone when they hear it um so yeah I posted one little clip of um a verse on TikTok and I'd like delete all my TikTok videos it was the first thing I posted and then it kind of went like a bit crazy I don't know what it's on now but um I wasn't expecting it to go to go that wild I think it's got like 25,000 likes or something but um yeah so after that I it was like confirmation where I was like okay well a lot of people were like commenting saying it like helped them and that they related to it and I was like yeah this is what I want to do so um you know of course then I just started posting more of the more personal songs that I'd written um and now those songs get taken into sessions and stuff um with my with my other music and worked on and it doesn't necessarily mean they'll all come out but (laughs) hopefully the ones that TikTok liked will 
because <laughs> that would be very convenient. Well, that's yeah. Really, what do you think authenticity means to you in music? Do you think it's an important factor? Do you think naturally people gravitate towards it or like, because you could do the manufactured pop, like you said, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy in some ways easier to do that than to be so open and raw. So what makes you like want to like do that? I think just like, I mean, it's kind of under the same um, stance of like not wanting to regret um, not doing music. I just feel like I might as well just do it to the full and to the full to me means um, completely opening myself up and just saying, you know, pushing myself out of my comfort zone in terms of like what I'm singing about, because I feel like I could, I mean, the old songs were very like hate songs and they were like, oh, I don't like you, fuck you. Um, which is fun at times, of course, and it is a part of me. But um, I think I relate to music when I can hear, like I can hear someone's soul. I know that sounds so silly, but um, so I just think to me, like being authentic is just um, not holding back and not getting to a point where you're like, oh, no, I can't say that. Like, just say it. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm thankfully at that point now where I'm not actually too afraid Obviously, there are still like some personal struggles and things I wouldn't go into too much because in my head, I'd be like, ah, my mum's going to listen to this or whatever. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I'm definitely at a point where it helps me to get those things out. And I know that other people, even if it's just one person that hears it and it's like, oh, that's me, then that's worth it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I'm not against like pop that isn't necessarily personal. It's at the end of the day, it's like just a business thing, isn't it? Like some people are just going to make tunes that you can dance to, (laughs) which I dance to them. So (laughs) no complaints. (laughs) So you said that you wrote like Bird in a Cage on Zoom, but what made you want to put it out or did they just kind of encourage you? Yeah, they completely encouraged me like we literally got a demo by, um, I just recorded vocals in a little cheap microphone I had in my room. And um, cause I was on a call with a writer and a producer, I was, it was very convenient. He like made a track and um, just a really rough demo. Um, and yeah, they just sent it to, you know, management and stuff. And they were like, well, this is, it was my first demo as well. Like that they had heard that I'd worked on with their people. So it was, it was a big thing that they were like, okay, let's release it. Um, so it was very much their decision at first. I'm not going to lie to you, but I think it felt right um, at the time as well, because I'd been on a break from releasing and I was at a crossroads with my own music where I was like, I don't want to release. I mean, I've got a lot of tunes that no one will ever hear that are a lot similar to my old music, like a lot of electro beats and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, do I keep releasing that? Cause I've already paid to have it produced or do I go somewhere else? And then they kind of came into my life and were like, let's release this one. So I was like, that kind of gives me my answer. And, um, and it happened to be a song about quarantine. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. There's no reason not to just go forward with it. So yeah. So that's what we did. And it was all very quick and crazy. And now we're talking about the next release, which is going to be potentially next month. <laughs> wow. Which is wild. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So quick. But I guess, I don't know. I'm at a place now where I'm like, why not? You know what I mean? I think that's a good mindset to be in, especially as like a smaller artist. Like you have not like literally nothing to lose and just everything to gain. So why not do what you want to do? Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah. And just get more authentic stuff out. Cause I almost, when I was releasing Bird in a Cage, it almost felt like my first music, even though I know it wasn't. Um, 
it's the one that I got like such a different reaction from it um I guess because people could sense like how authentic it was and how much closer it was to my heart so it it felt like my debut single even though it wasn't um and so now that just makes me want to release more stuff where I'm like yes this is me so we went to the end with just like we called it the fast five just like five random questions that are more like lighthearted and just get to know you kind of things um this is I came up with this question because I love this but are you into astrology at all like do you care about any of like the star sign crap uh, I do, but I am not great at p- the star signs that I don't have people close to me in my life of. That okay. sentence made no sense, but you know what I'm no, saying. No, that made complete sense. I know exactly what you mean, because I'm the same way. Yeah, like I, so I'm an Aquarius, and I, I know about um, Aries, uh, Leos, Virgos, and that's about it, to be honest. I don't know much <laughs> about the other signs. Oh, and Cancer. The X is a cancer. I'm but, a cancer. Um, oh, really? Love that. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. But I, I keep seeing videos about like male cancers and female cancers. Being oh, different. yeah. It's you know, different like, for different sure. Mm-hmm. But um, he fulfilled a lot of the negative traits of a male cancer. Let's just say that. I do hope he's not watching this. I don't even know if I fulfill like the stereotype of an Aquarius. My friend Nadia, she's an Aries. She's really into it. And she's like, you are literally an Aquarius through and through. I'm like, okay, is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, that's a good sign. I know <laughs> Aquarius is they're very nice people and you seem like a very nice person. So oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. What's your dream collaboration? Uh, Dead or alive? Oh, I always hate yet. this question. <laughs> Because I just, there are just so many people you that I'd want to Name like seven. With. Go for it. Okay, I'll go for seven, specifically seven. <laughs> Wait, what am I doing? This is seven. <laughs> okay. We've got uh, Amy Winehouse, might as well. You said dead or alive. She's dead, but you know. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, just because. <laughs> Why not? Um, uh, I'm just naming the 27 Club now. I need to stop. Um <laughs> uh uh, okay wait melanie martinez um phoebe bridges there's a girl called biba doobie i'm not sure if you've heard of her she's like a british artist but she's really cool as well um the 1975 just so i can like play with matty's hair um (laughs) and the japanese house i don't know how many i've said now but you're at seven i think you hit it on the mark oh perfect seven there we go (laughs) For all different reasons, but yeah. What's your dream venue perform? Like, if you could play any venue in your music career? Um, I'm honestly not that fussed about venues. Like, I've played a few that are, like, worth noting in London. Like, I played um, the O2 Academy Islington, which is, like, pretty, I mean, pretty decent at the time. Everyone was like, what, you're playing there? I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> I I mean, I would go and see, like, I'd say medium artists there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, which is a big deal because I, st- I don't consider myself a medium artist in the slightest, but um, it was cool. And I mean, of course it would be very cool to play like the O2 as in the actual O2 or something like that. But I only really know about UK venues anyway, like London ones. Um, but I, I kind of prefer smaller gigs, like intimate gigs. So I feel like even if I was a really big artist, I would always secretly prefer the ones where you like just only sell a few tickets. Mm. But so. dream venue is just, I don't know, none. <laughs> so would you consider moving out of the UK one day? And if so, to where? 
Um, I don't think so because I love London. Um, I think that's probably just because I know it so well. But if I did, I would probably. This sounds so random, but I probably moved to Germany. I can't really speak German that well. I did it at school. I'm kind of awful. But from the places that I've been, I feel like it's just a it's just a comfortable place to live. <laughs> and they have like cool supermarkets. I don't know. And I'd want to live there like during Christmas because they they have nice Christmas markets. But um, other than that, I don't know. Or maybe Switzerland, which is basically Germany but like cleaner <laughs> in my head. But uh, <laughs> that was the most random like answer. I didn't even know I was going to say that. I just kind of came out of my mouth. <laughs> so yeah, that's the answer. Or like San Francisco or something. Oh, I want to go there. I want to go to San Fran so bad. Yeah. That's like the nicer part of California. Yeah, because LA is kind of like gross. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't like LA when I went. I did like um, we like did a road trip from Vegas to LA, so like all the way down the um, mm. coast. And yeah, and San Francisco was definitely one of my favorite places. And then we got to LA and it was like the last destination. It was raining. And I was just like, hmm, this place is not what I was expecting. Have you been but, anywhere? Like, have you been in New York at all? Yeah, I've been to New York a few times. I love New York. See, yeah, I was going to say, I love New York, but I wasn't a huge fan of LA. I prefer like a New York city. Just like the energy mm-hmm. there better. Yeah, the vibes, mm-hmm. immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think I could live there though. It's like, take London and times it by 10 and you're like close to the energy of New York. Like I love London cause it's just, a, it's that level of city where I can manage it. <laughs> Our last question is you mentioned watching X Factor. We also watched like all the X Factor stuff. We were big into that. So like One Direction, Lil Mix, Cher Lloyd, did you like any of them? Did you listen to any of them? Were you fans? <laughs> yeah, I was obsessed. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if you watched the year that James Arthur was on um because i <laughs> from james arthur yeah i i was completely obsessed with him um completely through and through i had a twitter account dedicated to him it's really embarrassing i wasn't even that young i was like 12 or something i had no excuse to behave the way i did but i did <laughs> but um james arthur yeah one direction of course classic and Cher lloyd i thought she was so cool in her first audition and actually yesterday in the car my friend put on swagger jagger and oh i was like God. i was literally like how did we listen to this unironically but um <laughs> no but they're, they're icons and james arthur actually is quite crazy um I don't know if you've seen on Instagram the snapshot people. They took like my old pictures and stuff. They're like a photography company, but um, it's like my sister and her boyfriend's company secretly. But she don't tell anyone that. But um, they have like somehow got to James Arthur's manager, and they like might be doing a shoot with him oh in a couple God. months. And I'm literally like, oh my lord, my I-, I would just die if that happened. But we'll see. I don't know. You're just the assistant that's going to be there making sure everything goes well. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> But it's just mad. So who was your favorite in One Direction? Um, back in the day, it was Harry. Um, but retrospectively, I think I was more of a Zayn girl. I don't know why. It's so <laughs> random. I was listening to like one of his albums the other day. I didn't even like listen to his solo music at all, except like the ones that went crazy, like Pillow Talk or whatever. Um, and I just like delved into his album and listened. And there was like some really like Indian ass songs. I'm half Indian, just to give context. And there was like some like Bollywood inspired stuff. And I was like, oh my God, yes, bitch. But um, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> I don't know. I'm j- I, just, I just think he's fit, really. I was a Zane girl. Zane's like around PA too. Yeah, he literally lives like 40 minutes away from us. Oh, really? 
We go to the same mall. What the hell? I thought he lived in the UK. I didn't even know that. I thought that until... Like, him and Gigi, like, moved to, like, a suburb of Pen- in, in Pennsylvania. Oh, why the hell they and chose here? Zane goes <laughs> to, like, this van store that one of my friends used to work at. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Like, he was there two weeks ago. Out of anywhere, he could have gone as well. Yeah. That's so mad. Out of suburbs of PA just doesn't seem like... You can go literally anywhere in the world. <laughs> so weird wait do you guys i'm so bad at like american geography but do you live near like pittsburgh then so pittsburgh is like five hours away i live in philly i'm outside of philly pennsylvania but it's in pennsylvania right yeah pittsburgh yeah it's so there's like you could drive how long could you drive and still be in the same state i I think it's like seven i would say seven or eight probably hours See, it's different though, because like our states like that, but then you hit states like Maryland or like you and Delaware, you like blink through, like you're already through it. It's so weird. Yeah, that's crazy though, because like if you drove for seven hours in the UK, you'd be from one end to the other. Like you, you could do like from Scotland, which is like the very top of the country, and then to the very bottom, which is called Cornwall. Um, you could literally do that in seven hours. See, that's so cool. (laughs) That's crazy, though. We're tiny well, when I think about it. That's just our state. Yeah. That's so Literally, insane. we could drive for some hours and be in, like, bumblefuck PA. Like, <laughs> oh we could God. drive me in, like, Scotland. Like, that just sounds so cool. I only asked about um, Pittsburgh because of Dance Moms. <laughs> yes. That's the only okay. reason that I know about so, Pennsylvania. So funny you said that because literally, like, uh, four days ago, Aaron and I were like, we have to go see the Abbey Lee Dance Studio. Like, let's just <laughs> drive up and find it. I so would. I so would if I was you. I mean, we're like, only six hours away and we have nothing wait, else Are you guys talking about Abby Lee Dance Company? Yes. Yeah. I, they came to London and I met them because I was so obsessed with them. Oh my God, but, really? Yeah, and I like sat on Abby's lap and they like took a picture of me. I was like <laughs> 12 or 13 or something. And oh my God, I would have died if, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I'd be there. But having said that, it's still six hours. It's not like just around the corner or anything. Do you like wait? Do I think we have accents? That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, really. I I know this sounds strange, but in this conversation, I found myself accidentally like veering towards an American tone. Like when I speak like this a little bit, like a little, like I I don't know how to explain. Okay, it. I heard it. No, I heard you like not like not doing your accent, but like it sounded like you were like American. Yeah, and I was like at times that happens i don't know what it is but when i listen to so many american accents like it just happens and i grew up watching like like nickelodeon and stuff so i was like <laughs> like at school with an american accent because i just absorb it but um well did you guys, like try to have an american accent when you guys were younger like we would try and walk around with like a british accent all the time <laughs> i don't know if that's normal that was like all middle school though like all because one direction like every girl oh uh, one direction of course that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think, like, when we were, like, maybe, like, five or something, we did, <laughs> until, like, yeah. until, like, the age of nine, I thought it was, would have been the most cool thing ever to have it, but then, for some reason, then it became the Australian accent, everyone just wanted that. <laughs> I can still imagine, like, I feel like people still do that at this age, <laughs> I don't know why. I was gonna say, our friend definitely pretend he's british all the time <laughs> oh that's a Things. thing that now though because of tiktok yeah. like the rivalry between the accents and stuff i've seen oh, all gosh. of this <laughs> when like all the americans are like it's tuesday in it and stuff like that <laughs> oh, God. that's no that's really what david does 
so funny. Oh, so funny. That's <laughs> weird. Our accents are so ugly. I don't so think they're mean. ugly. I did it again. I don't think that... I, I think... I mean, they sound more normal to me than a British accent, which sounds so stupid because I'm like, I grew up with a bunch of British accents. But like, for example, if I'm walking down the street in Watford, where I grew up, you would hear everyone would speak like... I'm trying to think of a sentence to say. They'd be like, Oi, gee, you're stepping to me now. Oh, man's trying to say something in that. Do you know what I mean? So you're you're just speaking like normal and you're like the accent that I heard most of on the media and TV that I grew up watching. So I okay, that I mean, you obviously don't have British accents, but I didn't hear you and think, oh my God, that accent. I was like, yeah, normal. <laughs> so yeah. That's so weird. Because like when we hear British people, we're like, whoa, their accent. Like that's the first thing we notice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you would though, because I think like, most movies and stuff are like all american accents and we're we're a very small country considering but um i guess you don't hear as many of our accents see that's the thing like i think america has so much more extreme accents like if you're with like a really thick like southern accent or like Mm. boston or like new york oh yeah the boston accent i can hear from a month off having said that um my housemate i keep talking about her nadia she's from newcastle and so she's got like a geordie accent i don't know if you guys are familiar with what that sounds like um so she thinks that i speak really posh um, because she speaks like I'm so bad at her accent. If she watches this, she's gonna kill me. But it's like, how are you, man? What are you doing, man? It's like completely different to mine. So I think if you had hers, you'd be like, oh my god, like, yeah, it's so funny. Because they say, go up, go upstairs. I'm going to town like that. <laughs> so Gosh. funny. Yeah, there's a bunch of accents, oh. or like the Scottish accent or something. We, like, could not try to do an accent from, like, another area. I can't even try. Try. <laughs> try. You have to try now. <laughs> I literally don't even... What's all I remember final? from hearing... Oh, wait, like, the Jersey, like, the coffee? I mean, it's, like, a long... Erin, you oh, have yeah. an accent. Say daughter. Oh, daughter. No. Daughter. Yeah. <laughs> daughter. And, like, I say, like, water. Like... Water. Like, it's, that like... That sounds Australian to me. Water. Really? I can't even... Like... We, t- we say, like, W-O-O-D-E-R instead Ooh, of W-A-T-E-R. That's so yeah. funny. Well, nice to meet you. Thank you so you much. Yeah, oh, thank not- you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, not Elizabeth. I did Erin just answer me? <laughs> really? I meant to, like... Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll speak again at some point. But anyways, it was nice to meet you both, and thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right, we'll have a nice um, day and I'll have a nice <laughs> You have a nice have a good night. night. <laughs> Thank you.